everyone. Welcome back to the Ready, Set, Cheer podcast. I'm Antoinette Phelps, former MSU, former Notre Dame prep cheerleader. As always, I'm joined by Jenna Rose. We've got a bonus episode for you today. That's right, Antoinette. Over on the Hang Time Michigan podcast, Lauren Plant interviewed DMC orthopedic surgery specialist, Dr. Schubert, to talk about ACL injuries and prevention. And we thought it was important to share with you. Enjoy. I want to welcome Dr. Manuel Schubert to State Champs Hangtime, Michigan. Dr. Schubert is a DMC orthopedic surgeon and he's a sports medicine specialist. Uh, thank you for taking a few minutes to discuss ACL injuries with our audience. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me on the show today, Lauren. I was mentioning to the guys, Dr. Schubert, how scary and tough it is uh, to see an athlete suffer an ACL injury. I mean, you could sometimes hear the pop on the court and it is gut-wrenching, you know, for everyone uh, that's in the building. Why do you think ACL injuries are so common in a sport like basketball? Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree that, you know, ACL injuries are really devastating, you know, at all levels of, you know, competition and play. And, um, you know, these athletes do a lot of jumping, cutting, pivoting and twisting. And those are all um, mechanisms that tend to put the ACL at higher risk for injury. Um, and so just because these athletes, you know, are doing a lot of those activities, places them at higher risk for possible ACL injury, you know, during competition. The, you know, the ACL is a primary uh, stabilizer of the knee that resists anterior tibial translation, which means that it prevents the, the tibia, the shin bone, from translating too far um, anteriorly towards the front. And so uh, that helps with all those, you know, movements that I discussed. And then it also acts as a stabilizer of tibial rotation. And so, you know, when athletes put the knee at greater stresses with those various movements, it increases the risk potentially for ACL tears. Yeah, it's it seems like such a, a small ligament and yet it, it connects to everything. It's so important. And uh, that's how the body works in a lot of cases. Let us talk care. How are ACL injuries treated? Uh, so typically the um, recommendation, especially for younger athletes who want to return to any any type of sporting event, especially ones that do involve all those pivoting, rotational, jumping type movements, such as basketball, we typically recommend ACL reconstruction. And what that entails is we actually recreate that ligament inside the middle of the knee to provide that stability again that is lost with ACL injuries. And we typically in younger athletes recommend a graft taken from their own knee. Um, usually the most common ones are patellar tendon graft. Um, quadriceps tendon graft or hamstring tendons to recreate that ligament or rope inside the middle of the knee to recreate that stability. There are some studies that have talked about ACL repairs, but typically the treatment of choice and the, the gold standard is a uh, reconstruction. And in older individuals who are more do recreational sports, kind of weekend warriors, um, we can also consider possible donor grafts for the ACL reconstruction, typically in patients 40 and older, but in the younger athletes, we usually recommend reconstructing with their own um, tissue. And then, um, you know, we do the reconstruction procedure, and then it's usually about a at a minimum six month recovery until they're back to playing full, you know, participation and competition. Um, and it can be anywhere up to even nine months to a year, um, depending on the recovery. But again, minimum, usually six month recovery after surgery. 
You know, we've had an opportunity to uh, interview several DMC surgeons and physicians, and I'm always curious, and I, and I just wanted to ask you briefly, what got you really interested in, the, in becoming an orthopedic surgeon? Why this particular field? Well, I've been an athlete growing up all my life. I actually went to high school around uh, the Metro Detroit area as well and was active in football, wrestling um, growing up. I was a collegiate wrestler as well. And just having that athletic background really introduced me to the idea of sports medicine and, you know, involvement with athletic trainers. You know, I really like the thought of being able to participate in the care of athletes from all ages and, you know, all ranges of activity level and competition and allow them to get back to doing the things that they love and get them back to the sports because I know how important it was to me and still is to me. And I'd like to you know, help out people with that in their lives. Well, it's great. And it's, you know, it's what we call the Lord's work because, you know, it, when you put yourself back in the position of being a high schooler and if you are participating in athletics, it can be oftentimes, as it was in my case, it's the biggest thing in your life. And to have something, you know, to have a setback, to have an injury uh, such as an ACL injury, it, it can literally devastate you, uh, sometimes soul crushing. So the great thing is, is how far we've come along in the progress of treating ACL injuries. For people out there who want to know a little bit, you know, should this affect their life in any way, whether it be your, your son or daughter or, or yourself, what's a typical recovery time for an ACL injury? Actually, before surgery even, we usually like patients to restore their knee range of motion back to normal. We want the swelling to go completely down. And so oftentimes there's usually a little bit of gap between the injury and actually when we do the surgical reconstruction. Um, and it might even involve some physical therapy or additional work with athletic trainers to get that range of motion back to normal and reduce the swelling. Um, it just helps with improving the recovery afterwards. When people go into surgery with a stiff and swollen knee, they have an even more stiff and swollen knee after surgery and makes it tougher to recover. And then in terms of the recovery, there are various protocols out there, and it depends uh, on the surgeon's preference. But typically, um, you know, the first uh, couple of weeks to, you know, few months are time of rest and, you know, kind of early range of motion, gradual strengthening, get the quadriceps strength back. And then as time progresses and the ligament starts to heal more and undergo this process called ligamentization, where it starts to heal into the bone tunnels, then we start getting the athlete to do more higher level activities, get them back to a running progression program, start light plyometrics. And then as they're developing uh, along their recovery, then we get them back into more sports specific exercises and getting them ready to return to athletics and doing functional testing to actually make sure that their knee and their ligament is ready to go for when they actually return to play. Six months to up to a year usually. Got it. So this is the big question. Is there anything athletes can do to prevent ACL injuries from even occurring? Oh, there definitely is, Lauren. And there have been a lot of studies over the years to look at that just because of how prevalent this injury is and how devastating it can be to an athlete's career. So, you, you know, there are a lot of good studies that have looked at biomechanics of, you know, various activities and motions. And it's really important for people to have good awareness of their body, good strength of their lower extremities, as well as their core, their hips, their thighs, you know, making sure that when they move that they have good alignment and don't really overextend their body too much. And that when they are jumping, they're jumping with their knees over their feet and really avoiding collapsing their knee inwards, which is called uh, like a valgus deformity on the knee. 
Um, that puts a lot of stress on the knee and the ACL. And there are things that can be done to teach proper um, jump mechanics and doing jump training exercises. And a lot of places do offer various ACL prevention programs that can really teach these appropriate biomechanics and you know assist with appropriate jump training and um, increasing the strength of their lower extremity and really teaching that muscle memory so that when they are actually practicing and playing, they're not thinking about it and are executing these uh, movements appropriately. All right, last question. I remember when I was a kid, uh, come on, Lauren, play through the pain. We know now that's not really good advice. So if you have knee pain, when is it time to see a sports medicine physician? Well, I would recommend that if there's pain that's really limiting their ability to do what they need to, so if they aren't able to play to the level that they need to or previously were able to, then I think it's time to seek additional care. Um, I think usually a good go point, uh, go-to person initially is their athletic trainer and, you know, just to kind of get initial valuation. But if they have worsening knee pain, if they have swelling where their knee swells up like a balloon, they have mechanical symptoms, including catching, clicking, locking, popping of the knee, or if the knee feels unstable when they're trying to do various activities, um, those are all signs that something's going on with the knee. And um, it might be time to see a sports medicine specialist. All right. I want to thank Dr. Manuel Schubert for hanging with us here on Hang Time. Great advice. We appreciate your time. And remember, if you have a sports injury, see the experts at DMC Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. To make an appointment, call 1-888-300-DOCS. That's 1-888-300-3627. And we thank you, Doc. Thank you, Lauren. Appreciate it. And good luck to everybody. Competitive cheer is always about good sportsmanship. It's a motto that MHSAA wants to reinforce across all sports. Listen to this. Sportsmanship has never been more important between the lines in athletics and outside those lines in our communities. To listen, to respect, to understand, to practice common decency, to have competition without contentiousness. Sportsmanlike qualities are essential components of life itself. Let's all work together to not only be good sports, but good people. A message from the Michigan High School Athletic Association promoting the value and values of educational athletics. Today we are speaking with Dr. Steven Zavinsky, a podiatric surgeon at the Detroit Medical Center. As a member of the Department of Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at the DMC, Dr. Zavinsky will be sharing what athletes, coaches, and parents need to know to help prevent foot and ankle injuries and treat them when they do occur. Dr. Zavinsky, how are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. Thank you for coming on. For those listening, what are some of the most common foot and ankle injuries you see in athletes? The most common I'll see is ankle sprains. I also see plantar fasciitis, which is otherwise known as heel pain or heel spur syndrome. And then, you know, when they get bad, you see ankle fractures, metatarsal fractures, ruptures of certain tendons, but those are very, very rare. And in children, adolescents will see something called Seaver's disease or calcaneal apophysitis, which is basically where right where the Achilles tendon attaches to the heel, they'll get some inflammation and with activity, so the children will start having pain. And it can be debilitating, but it's basically self-limiting and there's exercises and things we can do to help treat those and to get them back to their activity real quick. And you touched on ankle sprains. When we talk about those and strains, what's the typical recovery time when we're looking at high school athletes? It really depends on the grade of the ankle sprain. So the most common ligament that's sprained is the anterior talofibular ligament, which is on the outside of the ankle. 
it occurs when the foot inverts and the ankle rolls and so you're basically you're rolling on the outside of your foot and so with a grade one ankle sprain the ligament is stretched it's not torn and typically we implement something called RICE which is an acronym for rest ice compression elevation if we do that normally within two to three weeks we will have the patient return to physical activity pretty quickly two to three weeks a lot of times I would like to have them to have a brace and all my athletes I will have them see physical therapy just to strengthen we have an assessment just to prevent any kind of you know re-injury now on a grade two sprain the ligaments partially torn so it's not completely torn but it's partially torn and in those instances we will have the patient immobilized in a cam walker boot sometimes in a cast and then they'll require bracing and then physical therapy once we get the swelling down those typically take about six to eight weeks for them to heal appropriately to get them back to the activity and then in a grade three sprain that's what, what happens with that is one or more of the ligaments are torn and we need to immobilize the patient and allow that area to scar itself down one of the most important things that i do for any kind of sprain whether it's a grade one to grade three is, is to try to control the swelling i think that's most important in getting the patient back to their activity quicker so i'll put something called an unaboot which is a soft wrap it's basically gauze that has zinc calamine glycerin impregnated within the gauze then i'll put some web roll around it and then coban which is that squishy type tape the premise behind that is, is as the patient or athlete is walking if they can walk it helps pump the fluid out of that ankle and what that does is it helps decrease the, the the pain in that region and then when we see the patient back we typically leave that on for a week we'll evaluate the patient again and we can pinpoint the actual area of injury and we can address that what proactive things should athletes be doing to try and prevent an ankle injury so they definitely want to have a warm-up period so before they perform their physical uh, activity their sport they want to do warm-up whether it's stretching light jogging running you know just doing certain activities that will help uh, strengthen that particular limb well in the high school athlete all the schools typically have a trainer now so the trainers work out of a physical therapy facility just i would contact that that trainer don't be shy and talk to them and say hey you know what can i do for my sport to to strengthen the particular limb uh, whether it's foot, ankle, arm, knee, just to try to get that addressed and to prevent any kind of injury. And they're more than willing to help let you know where to go. And most importantly for anything, especially in the foot and ankle, is proprioception training. That's knowing where you're at in space and time. So when you jump up for a rebound or go for a layup, you want to know your feet are coming underneath you. If you're a gymnast or a cheerleader and you're coming down after a stunt or, or dismounting, you want to know your feet are you're going to be there you can feel them so that's what proprioception comes into play is where you know where you're at in space and time so if you work on the proprioception you strengthen your core that's going to be the best thing you can do to help prevent any injury and for those of you who are listening be sure to check out the recent game changers video on how to strengthen your ankles and doctor going back to you when is an ankle injury something you should treat at home versus when it's time to see an orthopedic physician that specializes in foot and ankle injuries i guess a good rule of thumb is if the athlete cannot apply full weight on the foot after the injury then they should seek immediate evaluation if it's just a light little spray and you have a little bit of swelling, you can implement the rice, which is the rest, ice, compression, elevation, and see how that goes over the course of the next several days. You can take anti-inflammatory medication and see how you feel. 
if you're not able to put full weight on it, there could be a little something more serious going on, whether it be a fracture or ligament tear. So most patients will go to the ER, urgent care, whatever they're more comfortable doing. But ultimately, the urgent care ER is going to send you to my office or another specialist that treats these types of injuries. And with our clinic here at Specialist Orthopedic Surgery here at Huron Valley Sinai Hospital, we'll get you in if it's early enough that day. We'll see you the next day. We have non-operative sports medicine specialists. We have uh, surgeons. Uh, I do all the foot and ankle uh, here at the clinic. So we'll get you in. That's the best thing for you. All the local trainers have my phone number. So if there's an injury, they give me a call and, and, we, and we fit you in. Our goal is to get the patient back to their activity quickly, but also as safely as possible. So we don't want to like rush you back, but uh, it's kind of critical to have it addressed pretty soon after the injury. If you go to the ER or the urgent care and say, oh, go see your specialist in a week, you're losing a, a week of treatment that could be critical in getting you back. Our seasons are short as it is, and especially now with the COVID, they're even shorter and compressed. So if we have an injury, we want to start treating that almost immediately. Because of the shortened seasons, have you been seeing an increase in ankle injuries? No, no not more than normal, you know, which is good. Um, but I have what I have seen in a couple instances is actually some stress fractures. Normally, stress fractures are rare in uh, young athletes, but I have been seeing that. I think it's due to the overuse. We're having a lot of you know athletes participate in basketball and soccer simultaneously. If you have your participates in dance or cheer these are those are sports that they don't just practice for an hour per day they're two to three hours per day some even more and so the constant stress constant load can cause the, the bone to fail and i have seen this in, in rare instances where stress fractures are becoming a little bit more prominent than just your local sprains or or just uh you know injuries where there's a fall and then we have a, a fracture well, we're wishing the best to all of our injured athletes out there. If you have an ankle injury or other sports injury that has you sidelined, call the orthopedic and sports medicine specialists at the Detroit Medical Center. Call 1-888-300-DOCS. Doctor, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Before we continue, I talked how you can recruit yourself to Lawrence Technological University. Here's more. If you're a high school athlete with the dream of playing college sports, Lawrence Technological University wants you to recruit yourself. LTU offers over two dozen varsity sports for men and women, along with several dozen world-class undergraduate programs. Athletic and academic scholarships are available in all sports, including its newest additions, competitive cheer and dance, e-sports, women's hockey, and men's and women's track and field. Visit LTUathletics.com and recruit yourself. Lawrence Tech, where Blue Devils dare. Another huge thank you to Dr. Steven Zavinsky. Previously on the show, Lauren Plant interviewed DMC orthopedic surgery specialist, Dr. Schubert. Love the DMC team. And Antoinette, I think it's really imperative that we have this preventative injury insight on our show because a lot of athletes, not only cheerleaders, have to deal with these insane seasons due to COVID-19 and coming into play, not all of them being able to practice as they normally would. So very imperative. And I know for you, this was an interesting podcast because you had your own struggles with lower body injuries in the past. I did. So this was really interesting for me to listen to this interview you did as well. When I was a sophomore cheering at Michigan State, I did sprain my ankle. So I was coming down from a stunt and landed on my base on his foot and kind of rolled it. 
I ended up having to wear an Una boot. I know Dr. Zavinsky talked about that during the interview. It was kind of to control the swelling and then to keep my foot wrapped in this special gauze to make sure I didn't do any more damage um, to my sprain. But I had to have it on for quite a while. There's quite a few pictures of me with that on. So probably someone I should have seen in college because it wasn't the regular two to three week recovery. It probably took me a couple months. And it's interesting because I was just running around with my son playing soccer in the backyard and it kind of happened again. And it's one of those things where those ankle injuries, you know, take a while to recover from. And sometimes they just, they come back and that's kind of what's going on with me right now. But overall, I thought his interview was great. And then I also really liked what he said about rice, which is rest, ice, compression, and elevation. That's basically the first thing you should do unless you are unable to apply weight to your ankle, then it's a good time to see a doctor. So I thought that was all really great information for cheerleaders. Antoinette, I'm sorry to hear that you're still feeling the effects of that ankle injury, but hopefully moving forward with the advancements in technologies, these young cheerleaders competing today will have more opportunities to fully recover, especially with the technology that the doctors were talking about in today's show. It's interesting how they were saying they're seeing more stress fractures during this time with COVID. So it's definitely imperative that these athletes, whether it be cheerleaders or inside other sports, to work on their preventative exercises. So Anson, I also understand that we do have an update when it comes to the competitive cheer finals. Yes. So we have a location. It is still going to be the same date, which is March 26th and 27th, but it is going to be held at Breslin Center at Michigan State University. So on the 26th, Division 3 will compete at 10 a.m. Division 1 will compete at 3 p.m. And on March 27th, Division 2 will compete at 10 a.m. And Division 4 will compete at 3 p.m. Well, I'm just excited to hear that everything is underway. It was definitely scarier earlier in the year when there was so many question marks circling what high school athletics were going to do during COVID-19. So these cheerleaders have persevered and it's finally going to pay off during those dates. Excited to see the talent that goes out to compete. And Antoinette, we only have three episodes left after this episode. This has been an incredibly fun season. It has been. Yes. I'm so happy that they had a season. It's been so fun watching the clips and talking to these coaches. And um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk to a few girls, high school girls that are actually on these teams. So this has been an amazing, amazing year for cheerleading. Yes, most certainly. If any of you guys have any more suggestions for the remaining episodes in season one, be sure to email us at readysetcheer at statechampsnetwork.com. For Antoinette Phelps, I'm Jenna Rose. Have an awesome week, everyone.